Thank you for coming back for another week of the Manteca Podcast. If it's your first time here, hit like, hit follow, hit share. Tell everybody about your new guilty habit, a podcast. And not just a podcast, but a podcast about Manteca, California, your hometown, my hometown. If you're not from Manteca, I'm not sure that this podcast makes any sense whatsoever. A great place, smack dab in the middle of California. And I'll be right back to tell you about this week's guest after a break for the folks at Trusted Sons, America's handyman company, where it's the main goal to do your handyman work or job and to make sure it's done right by workers operating under a contractor's license as handymen. So it's law-abiding, but they're also military folks who are now home transitioning into civilian life once again. So not only is it a transitional piece of employment vital to bringing our men and women home, but it's also a company that takes pride in everything they do. There's no job too small. As a matter of fact, I'm going to have the boys over for some small things I need done. And I here, let me tell you the things I'm going to have them out for. I, a couple years ago, right in the middle of summer, about 8.30 at night, we had a wall mount air conditioner go bad. One of those small ones, right? This is the valley and it's a hundred and whatever. And it's just horribly hot. We're not going to be able to sleep. Home Depot's still open. I go down, I find the right size. Well, within something that'll fit in the hole. I bring it home. I bust out the other one, take it out, no problem, put the new one in, and it's still in there, just sort of hanging in the frame, and I didn't frame it in. It's just in the box, and I've done nothing to it. It really looks oaky. I'm not afraid to tell you that, but that's something I need the Trusted Sons to come over and help me with. It's ugly, so Trusted Sons are perfect for this. I also have a door strike panel that needs to be replaced, but the jam is tore up, and so is the door. So not only do I need a new hole cut in the door, I need a new hole cut in the jam and a new knob or and or locked knob put in there. Something beyond me. And there's also something else I'm looking at. I want to hang a barn door slider on one of my kitchen access doors on the interior. All of these are jobs for the trusted son. So I'm going to call 209-269-2727. I know a few people over there. Great sponsors of the show. In coming weeks, I'll talk about the work they came here and did. And pretty much that'll be those jobs that I just told you about. And then if me telling you is good enough, which it should be, then I want you to call that number, 209-269-2727. You asked for fellow MHS buff Kelly Iorio. Tell her that you heard it on the Manteca podcast. Aaron sent you. Just like that, the Trusted Sons wheels are in motion to come by your place and do the job up right. The Trusted Sons are America's handyman company at 209-269-2727. There is no job too small. The Trusted Sons are America's handyman company. All righty, this week's guest for four decades came into your home primarily on a piece of paper in ink, black and white, reporting the local sports, keeping his hometown of Manteca in the minds of people who were part of the circulation of that paper, the Modesto B. He went to school at MHS, and then he loved wearing the green, he says, but then was transitioned to the new high school in town. Back in the 60s, East Union High School, where he ended up graduating, got his love for people, for sports here in Manteca, and for writing. And now here we are, 40 years down the road, a road that started in Selma after Fresno State. The duties at local papers in Merced and Manteca over the years, he's pushed pin for many a story 
has been your gateway into the media from a small city that has the same name as lard in Spanish. Probably something you don't want to really print as an editor. Can you imagine people who primarily speak Spanish and read Spanish to uh, come in and maybe trying to be learning uh, from the newspaper and then see Manteca, Manteca, Manteca all over the newspaper? wonder what, well, that is Ron Augustini's fault. Yeah, Ron Augustini, always talking about lard in his articles. Nah, I'm just playing. But his name is synonymous with sports writing. Golf, being a great family man, keeping the tradition of great lineage handed down from the Augustinis, his parents who farmed this land so many years ago. Well, I'm ready to invite this fellow man of media, albeit different, I bet he and I are the same, and I think it's about time to get him into the Manteca Hall of Fame, too, so he can be there with his dad, who holds the honor. Time's up. Let's do this thing that I call the man about town, the Manteca Podcast, brought to you by the Trusted Sons. Let's go. If you ever needed sports in Manteca, just open up the Modesto B. Manteca was always covered by Ron Augustini. When he played the Masters in Augusta, the caddy said, Now, now, son, listen here to me. Don't lay up this shot here and use this wooden number three. Ron is he, the Modesto B. Hasn't been the same since this retiree Started playing golf more regularly And the church here gained themselves a new servant The great St. Anthony Now has time with Ron Augustini Mantica Podcast Mantica Podcast Man About Town podcast starring Ron Augustini is on now. I couldn't let that be, Ron. That was about <laughs> as uh, horrific of a Beatles song. I, I bet Ringo's ears are ringing. Yeah, I, at that they, they might be, but but you can blame me for that. That's that's a that's a tough get. The, the Beatles. Uh, tell me, uh, sir. <laughs> You enjoy the Beatles? I love the Beatles. I was raised on the Beatles from about age 12 up. Yeah? In what city were you raised? I was raised in Manteca. Manteca, and identify yourself, and tell me, uh, give me a a rundown of who you are so the people know exactly who I'm talking to. Well, my name is Ron Augustini. I was raised, actually, on a dairy right by the Stanislaw River by Salida. That's the first home I remember. And then at age seven, we moved to Manteca. And that's where I was raised. I'm a Manteca, you know, raised guy. Agostini's out by New Haven? Yes, it is. Is that we, the house we, you moved to from there? On the other end of oh, okay. uh, Austin Road yeah. is our family ranch. Yeah. And, that, and that's where I was raised, right Pretty much right across the street from New Haven. That's where they went from the area near Modesto, where Modesto Christian is now, I hear. That's very, where, very close yeah. to Modesto Christian. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it's more than... 500 yards or so away from uh, Modesto Christian High mm-hmm. is is our first home. Yeah. And then came to, from and is this the second place? The and family the, home, the second home, or did you do the, the, the second home that I remember, we, uh, we, we moved into a home on the corner of Austin and Lathrop Road. Okay. Uh, we went to Cottage Road. That was our conduit to Manteca. Sure. And then uh, we built a home there. 
which is on Austin Road, which is kind of catty corner to our first home on that property. And we raised grapes and almonds and walnuts on that ranch. And that was my, that's how I grew up. On Agusti- ranch. Is it Agarog? Ag. Augustini. Augustini claim to fame is farming? Yes, pretty much. We're um, farming. My father was, uh, we, we lost him in 2009. He is a member of the Manteca Hall of Fame. Are you in yet? No, I, I my father was a hard act to follow. If they could say. put me in the Manteca <laughs> Hall of Fame for this garbage, you are a tried and true journalist, sir. You should be in there representing uh, representing media just like they put me in. So, if anything, we'll send this over to the uh, committee. We got to get the ball rolling on that. Well, I'm 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 very proud of my father. Uh, my father came here from Italy. What's his name? Uh, uh, Maurice Augustini. Okay, Maurice he passed away when he passed away in 2009 at age 84. He is, in, he is in the Manteca Hall of Fame and uh, for just a bunch of things he did for the city across the board. He kind of, he didn't hold positions, but he held, uh, uh, he kind of worked in back channels and did a lot of positive things. Service guy. Yes. A lot he, of community he, service. He worked for the Parks and Recreation Department on the board for 20 years. He was instrumental in the, um, um, the, the building of East Union High. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and then in the end, in his final years, he was a, an advocate for big league dreams. Oh. So he did, he did a lot of really cool stuff for the city. He, he, you know, he was always approached to run for school board or irrigation district and stuff like that. But he, he didn't like to be that out front. But he worked behind the scenes. And, and I, I, I think the city recognized him for that. Um, his life has been a pretty much a, a good model for me. But you weren't a farmer. Could you, or you went off to school so you wouldn't have to be a farmer, I was well, wondering? Well, I, just enough, just enough to know I didn't want to do that for a living, but I did all of those things. Raised our, our Grenache grapes for uh, great red wine on the ranch and uh, walnuts and, and th- that was what we did. And, and dad also worked as a supervisor for the mosquito abatement district. So he, he was a hardworking man. He, uh, he, uh, um, uh, I don't even think it's called mosquito abatement vector. district. Vector. Now vector is, management. Is, is the word, but it's the same outfit. They do the <laughs> similar things. And I was raised on the ranch. I wish I had a dime for every hour I did on the tractor and, and out on the fields. And that's how I was raised. I even pumped gas for a year and a half. Where at? At, uh. Uh, for Frank Guinta, you might remember. Frank, Absolutely. One of the great men sure. here in town. Uh, God bless him. And I worked out the, where the AMPM market is on 99 and 120. Oh, Frank Frank was the AMPM before he moved out to Monkeys. That's right. Correct. He he had a, a, a couple gas stations. And, That's right. Uh, uh, that was before Monkeys. That was one of his gas stations back in oh, the day. okay. Yeah, that's good. Now we're going before, way back. Before the Portuguese got it. That's right. In the, in the 80s, it, the Pontes folks. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. That, okay. was, that was one of Frank's properties. Oh, and, okay. uh, but anyway, I, I pumped gas for a year and a half. And th- those things convinced me that I, I that's what I did not <laughs> want to do. Right. So, smelling like that. Uh, yeah. I'm smelling like yeah. that. It was, it was hard uh, working hard. I decided to do something else. <laughs> what was it like growing up out there with a brother? When did your brother come along? How old were you when your brother came along? My brother, I was 10. Okay. He, he is 10 years younger than me. Oh, I think he knows. He knows that. <laughs> I think he knows. I think he wants to rib you about it. No, he oh, he definitely wants to rib He didn't rib you about it. No. Uh, where'd you guys go to school? We went to St. Anthony's. Yes. 
St. Anthony School. I'm also a roadrunner, sir. I got yes. thrown out, though. You, they didn't keep me. They had fifth grade, they tossed me. So you didn't make it all the way. Uh, they said, you can have him. Take, <laughs> I was a 4.6. They said, go ahead and take him. We don't want him here anymore. He talks too much. And look what I ended up doing for a living. And there you are. Go on to be a broadcaster. Who My brother thought? Jim went two or three years at St. Anthony's, and he finished at New Haven. My sister went all eight years at St. Anthony's. My sister Maureen, who's three years younger than me. Wife at home, music mm-hmm. teacher, huh? Yeah, she uh, yeah she teaches at uh, McParland a little bit and a lot at, at Joseph Widmer School in Lathrop. Mm-hmm. And she teaches music. Wow, where'd you guys meet? At the B. She was a photo lab tech. So we met in Just a, keep it in the family. I know, huh? that's right. I met her in the dark. Met her in the dark, oh. Well, it had to be in the dark for me, yeah, That's Aaron. what I'm saying. That yeah. was sort of the innuendo uh, there. That was it. Where'd you go on your first date? Uh, we went to a movie. And we went to the dark room. Yeah, not there. Not there. Uh, went to a show and uh, a dinner. You know, pretty standard stuff there in Modesto, and and the rest is history. And what would she say? A funny story is about you if she was here. Right before we became engaged, uh, we were on the lake at Pinecrest, and we it was one of those funny, windy days where the wind blows uh, 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 one direction in one part of the lake and a different part. A, d- a different direction in the other part of the lake and we were caught we uh, we were in a sa- we were in a little sailboat and we got caught and we didn't know what to do and Laura was the one who steered us safely back i mean i couldn't have done it but the she did the sportsman couldn't get off the pinecrest i huh? c- i couldn't even i couldn't even solve the wind at pinecrest so but Laura could and I think that might that that would be a, a funny story that she would remember. What do you want to say to your wife after all these years? Boy, I hope it wasn't a, a mistake for you, Laura. I hope these years have been worth it. I mean, we we raised a beautiful daughter, uh, Shelley Marie. She she graduated third in her class at Ripon High and graduated with honors at UCLA. We're we're very proud of her. She's doing fine in L.A. Did Maybe. you say twenty three? She's twenty three. Wait a second now. Yeah. Wait. I know. Wait a second, Ron. <laughs> Ron, I got a thirty three. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do my hey, math here. Got a boy, Ron, huh? Took me a while, but we got it done. Fun, right? <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, Shelly, uh, Shelly's a, a great girl. She's uh, uh, she did great. You're a straight media guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Married to the media. Your kids were the media for a number of years, I'm sure. Yeah, oh yeah. Twenty three. Yeah. When did you retire? I retired in 2017. The B got rid of me after 40 years. So and. And, and that also, uh, uh, I paid a little price for that after I retired. You know, in, in our business, we're going 120 miles an hour for 40 years. And when I shut it down in 2017, it's hard. I had a little physical issue to deal with. And I didn't really get up to speed in this retirement stuff until about a year later. And then uh, uh, a couple of my buddies, Joe Cortez and James Burns, a couple of my buddies at the B, uh, launched a website called FrontRowPreps.com, which covers high school sports in the area. And, I'm, uh, and uh, I write a, a story or two a week for them. And I'm able to kind of keep my chops a little bit. So that's, uh, that's kept me going. Off to high school? Yeah. Uh, I attended Manteca High, which I wanted to attend. There was no East Union. There was no East Union. Uh, I attended Manteca High football games home and away with my parents from about fourth grade up. Uh, I graduated from St. Anthony's. Yes. I'm old enough to remember the Catholic Church right across the street from Manteca High, and uh, they had to build on the at the school, and then that's where the church is now. No, I attended Manteca High as a freshman. 
And I loved it. I had a great freshman year. There. Graduate from MHS or no? No. Uh, oh, the school yeah. split. What year was that? That was uh, East Union opened with two classes, a freshman and sophomore class, in the fall of 1966. Got it. The campus on Union Road wasn't ready yet. Mm. So they for one year, uh, we took control of the the old tower building, the, the historic tower building there at uh on, on Yosemite. Eekads. Yeah. I was there for two years. <laughs> so I spent half my high school years there. Okay. Uh, freshman year, Manti guy. First year at East Union. Um, uh, Dennis Crockett was the first student by president. I Dennis was, Crockett is my wife's uncle. Oh, there you are. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis and I were teammates on the first golf team at East Union. Danny, Uncle Denny. Uncle Denny. And uh, no, he was a, he was a dear, dear friend in high school. But then the school split. He went back to Manteca High, and then I, I was at East Union. What years are these? This is the, like the mid-60s. Okay. And uh, my, uh, when the, uh, we moved to East Union, then moved to Union Road campus for my final two years. And I was a senior. The first year we had four classes at East Union. So I was a member of the first graduating class. That's great. So there it is. I had a piece of... All the action there for a while. It's all tucked away, isn't it's it? It's all tucked away, but it was a unique high school experience. I had a, it wasn't my plan to not attend Manteca High. I, that was, <laughs> I loved, I loved wearing the green, but, uh, you know, fate had a little different now, plan for me. Things change, they say. And uh, I had a chance to be a part of selecting the school colors at East Union and the, the Lancer mascot and awesome. all that stuff. And to get a school off the ground, it was pretty cool. Actually, when you look back at it. Yeah. I am Mary Gomes oh. Del Pino. I am a retired special education teacher and lifelong family friend. Mary and I were together eight years at St. Anthony's, two years at San Joaquin Delta, and at Fresno State. I mean, we just kind of stalked each other for, you know, 12 years there, whatever. Mary, what's true about him? Um, I know that Ron is genuinely a very kind and humble individual and a man with a great soul. Are you just going to giggle at me the whole time as people talk nice about I you? I know. Are you going to? You're going to turn red? You're going to blush on me? I Don't know. blush. I'm not going to blush. Don't blush. Ron and I have attended every school together, starting with St. <laughs> Anthony's. The first and second year at Manteca High, then Delta, and then Fresno State, and we were both journalism majors. Correct. We have been in many classrooms together with many of the same great instructors. If I asked you why he was a treasure to Manteca, what would you say, Mary? Well, Ron, along with the entire Augustini family were committed to athletics in Manteca and to the successful participation of Manteca's children in these athletic programs. <clears throat> I am turning red. Who's this gal to you? I know. Mary's awesome. She was, uh, we shared the same classroom for eight years at St. Anthony's and we worked on the, the same uh, newspaper staff at Delta College. We actually uh, uh, carpooled together at Fresno State. 
a number of times. Mm. Uh, Mary, Mary's a dear friend. Mm. We, we, we go back a long ways. That's what she said. How about something funny? Well, when Ron and I were in first grade, we took a field trip <laughs> on a train to San Francisco yeah. to see the big new entertainment uh, cinemascope. Now, our mothers chaperoned, but Ronnie didn't know this, but I had such a big crush on him as he was such a cute young man. I was always sneaking a peek toward him. And, of course, he is still cute today. <laughs> the secrets that come out on the Manteca oh my, podcast. my God. I know. For I, the world. I know. Every, now, now the world knows. Out in cyberspace yeah. forever. I, I, I did not know this. <laughs> I, what can I say? Is there um, something you want to say here, uh, no. Mary? No, go ahead. No, Mary is uh, Mary is a sweetheart. I think we played a little hopscotch together, which was kind of the cool thing. Sounds to do. like she wanted to play a little hopscotch. <laughs> hey, uh, is there something you want to say, Mary? Ron, you would like to add about Ron? Yeah. Well, our parents were friends, and Ron's dad sold Grenache grapes mm -hmm. to my dad, so my dad could make delicious Portuguese. Then rosé. Yes. So for many years, that special wine uh, of the Augustini's grapes graced our family table, connecting Ronnie and I together, at least through the grapevine. <laughs> She's talking very soft. Through, it's like a through love the, it's like a novel. Through the grapevine. My dad loved to sell his grapes to customers in the Bay Area. Oh, that Porgy Diesel, though, boy. Oh, yeah, yeah. This was great red wine, Aaron. It really was. And uh, uh, I can remember those Saturdays on the ranch when the people would come in and, and just, uh, uh, they would lay out plastic, tarps over their the flatbed trucks and just pour the grapes from the boxes right into the trucks that go home with them crush their own grapes and then they would come back the next year and give my dad a bottle of, of red wine and we only had 11 acres it wasn't we weren't exactly a big business but dad that's what dad loved to do he was a real people guy and he loved to do that and mary and 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 mary's father was one of the the, the local customers all right, who's next? I'm Marion Elliott. Uh, I'm a retired educator. Uh, I've known Ron Agostini most of his life, probably from his high school years. We've had a long friendship during that time. Mr. Elliott. Who's this guy to you? If I had a second father, it would be Marion. My first job out of Fresno State was in Selma and uh, at a small weekly there. But when I came back to Manteca a year and a half later in the 70s, we, Mary and I started a little, little tradition where we had lunch every three or four months. And he was also a parishioner at St. Anthony. So Mary has been a big part of my life for a long, long time. He's been a big part of, of uh, athletics and recreation. He was a, a, an executive in Babe Ruth League Baseball for decades. And, and he's one of the beginners of uh, Park and Rec. So were your dad and he exactly. tied, tied together? Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, Marion's kids uh, went to East Union. Sure. And we, they, uh, we were very close to the L.A. And still are to Mona and Marion and, and the kids to this day. 
Marion, continue. What I know to be true about Ron is, is he has a very serious side, and he's also got a, a funny side. Uh, the serious side is that he is a, a devout Catholic. He's active in his church. He reads scripture at the masses. Um, he's a member of the Knights of Columbus and is active in uh, parish activities in that way, community activities also for that matter. Um, what people probably don't know is that, that he can be a very devout person, uh, and but also he has a very light side. And that's what makes him enjoyable uh, as far as having lunches together. We have discussions about many of the problems, mostly in the sports world. I love this guy. Go on. Ron is a, a retired journalist, newspaper man, graduate of Fresno State, as are many of the rest of us here in the Manteca area. And um, his whole adult career was writing news, primarily sports news. Uh, I consider Ron a real wordsmith. He has a way with the English language, which is a plus when it comes to a news reporter. And uh, I truly believe that there is not a better sports writer in the whole Central Valley of California than Ron Agostini. I wonder if he has a funny story. Do you think he would tell me if I, do you have a funny story that he might, because he just might not give you up? I don't know. I mean, you lie, he, you, you call know, him he, a curmudgeon he, live on the podcast. Yes, so. yes, yes. I, I don't curmudgeon. I'll amend it to, he is a purist. Uh, yes, he is. <laughs> he is a, uh, I, I would call him uh, a purist. <laughs> In, in, the, in the best sense of the word. All right, well, let's see what the funny story is. I don't know that anything's, any particular uh, activity or event that's uh, happened during my relationship with Ron is, sticks out as a very funny story. Uh, we do a lot of laughter. He has a great sense of humor. And once again, words have been his, the center of his adult life. And he has a way with words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is that it? Yep. <laughs> in addition to using the English language in writing, he's an excellent reader, an oral reader. And he uses that uh, talent to uh, proclaim scripture in religious activities, and he does it very well. He could very easily have been a radio announcer, an actor, any of those things where the use of the English language is most important. Mr. Elliot, I, I have trouble calling him Marion, but mm -hmm. uh, go ahead. One final thought from you. Once that I had established a relationship with the Augustini family, both his mother, Addie, his dad, Augie, and through sports, this friendship developed over the years. And now Ron is retired as I am retired. And we look forward to uh, having lunch together from time to time, just talking about sports. Sports is very important. However, what some people don't know a lot about Ron is his, uh, his daughter, a UCLA graduate. Both Ron and his wife are extremely proud of this young lady, Shelley Agostini. And she has gone on uh, since her graduation from college to have a very solid career. I value our long friendship. I can pick up a telephone anytime and call Ron. He can do the same to me. 
and uh, he's a loyal friend, and that's very important to me. Who are you? Jim Augustini. Hey, I'm Jim. a painting contractor here in Manteca, head girls basketball coach at East Gene High School. And Ron, and let's make sure we get this straight. <laughs> is my older brother. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Of Jim. course. I mean, we could have figured that down down at City <laughs> yeah. Hall. You didn't have yeah. to rub it, assault in a wound. Hey, tell me what's true about your brother. Well, it's very obvious with my brother. You know, he's dedicated his life to his profession. He lives and bleeds sports, and he's extremely knowledgeable at it and extremely successful in his career. Extremely kind, kind-hearted. You will never find anyone that will say anything bad about my brother Ron. I mean, it could be his, you could be around his work colleagues, you can be around coaches, athletic directors, athletes, older athletes that he might have covered when in their high school, college days. Just nobody will say anything bad about him. And I agree. <laughs> I might be a little biased, but I do agree with that. What do you got to say about your brother? I am stunned to silence. <laughs> Don't be stunned. He's very, Jim is uh, uh, being very gracious. Uh, he is right about about my commitment to um, my profession. I mean, you, when you do something for close to half a century, you are committed. <laughs> and uh, that, that I was. Jim was a, a lot of the things that I wasn't. I was a, a golfer in high school and, and at San Joaquin Delta. Jim was a three-sport athlete at East Union. He was pretty good. And he has turned into a, a very accomplished uh, girls basketball coach at East Union. He's, his teams have won three out of every four games for 15 years now. It's incredible. So he's done, he's done quite well. His teams have done quite well. But uh, he's a he's a great golfer. I, I he, he kicks my butt on the golf course now and – and I, I feel bad about that because I taught him how to play. Now he kills me. I, I'm, I'm rethinking my strategy now. <laughs> you, you can't take it back. I can't take it back. He's too good for me now. Got any memories with him, Jim? You know, again, this is an older brother of mine, my only brother. Uh, he's been a very a brother that everybody needs to have. I can share a story that we went to a Giants doubleheader baseball game. This had to be around 1970, 72. Uh, he was taking his little brother to, a, they were playing the Montreal Expos. And this is when Ron was working uh, down in Selma, California. He came home. We go to this doubleheader. We traveled to San Francisco, go over the San Mateo Bridge. And just before you get to Highway 101 in Foster City there, there's a there's a kind of like an overpass before you get to the freeway. And right. we were stopped on this downside of this overpass. Yeah. And we get blasted behind us, Ooh. get hit, have an accident. Car totals out his nice green Pinto car that he had at the time. I was probably nine, ten years old at the time. Not knowing what happened, scared. But Ron being Ron, being the older brother, he said, oh, everything's going to be good. We're fine. Car got totaled. We pulled it over the side. You know, being the brother that he is, the tow truck driver drives us from Foster City to Candlestick Park. We catch the second game of the doubleheader. 
Ron was meeting some friends from Selma that day. We were sitting right down behind first base, first row, but we caught the second game of that doubleheader. <laughs> Quite a memory there. Wait a second now. You're lucky you didn't die because weren't these Pintos exploding? With the uh, fuel tank at the rear <laughs> That's of the, the car. Pintos, we right? should have been a statistic. A, a very kind lady from Denaire just me. Clob- clobbered us. If you remember back in I the day, yeah. there was a stoplight on the other side of that overpass mm-hmm. before you got on the Bay Shore. And the lady behind us did not stop. And I'm driving a Pinto. Dangerous car. We we got their fifth inning of the first game. That's incredible. And so a doubleheader and yes. you got to catch another? And then we our friends took us back home and off we went. <laughs> Very lucky that day. Go on, little bro. Talk some more. Just before Ron and his wife, Laura, got married a week or two before, I was in the golf business at the time. And I had the opportunity to uh, had a friend that was Alex Spanos's personal pilot and his personal pilot had access to a Cessna plane that he could use. And I said, well, you know, I'd like to take my brother, go golf into Monterey. Pilot goes, well, you get me on the golf course. I will get you there. What do we do? We jump on a little Cessna plane right here at Stockton Airport and we leave daybreak here from Stockton, fly to Monterey, jump in a courtesy car, and we go play 18 holes of golf at Spyglass Hill. Get done, eat lunch, and we decide that we want to play another 18 holes. So we go over and play Spanish Bay. So we played 36 holes in Monterey. Got home to my wife. And he got home to his fiance by 9:30, and we had 36 holes of golf. That was that was a lot of fun. We were able to get on that day, and. We were in a Cessna. The guy flew us over. He was very kind. Were you scared? At first, but then not really. I'll tell you what. In the evening, when we came back in to Stockton, and, you know, usually the big planes take the long... This guy, he comes in over 99, going straight down, making a left turn. The plane starts beeping. And I go, are we okay? He goes, don't worry about it. We're fine. And, and we, we're, it's a very routine landing, but I, it was a different landing. I'll tell you that. Uh, that's a good one. Jim, tell me why he's a treasure to Manteca. Well, I think just, you know, Ron has dedicated his life in covering the, the youth here in Manteca high school and college athletes uh with his with his sports writing and he's done that from the time i can remember uh you know he worked here at the at the bulletin after he graduated from fresno state worked at selma enterprise paper and we were fortunate enough to get him back here to Manteca and he was the sports editor at the uh Manteca bulletin and so you know he's just dedicated covering the athletes here in Manteca in the local area. Ron is also, you know, a very active, uh, for as long as I can remember, he's been to our church, St. Anthony's Church. You know, he's a he's a member of the Knights of Columbus. He supports uh, many different fundraising events, efforts at, with the church. And for as long, again, for as long as I can remember, Ron has routinely lectured masses at St. Anthony's. Always proud of my brother and what he has accomplished in his life here, uh, in his profession, and in his in his community. Before a funny story gets told, I want to ask you a question. Would you rather be the best player on a horrible team or the worst player on a great team? I'd rather be the worst player on a great team. Why? Because I wanted to be a part of something bigger than me. And I like that. I like that feeling. 
I would, uh, um, I'd, it'd be cool to be a star, but I don't like losing a whole lot. I'd rather win, you know, that's the way I've always looked at it. I'd, I could, I could roll with a winning team. Oh yeah. If I asked your brother to tell me a story that nobody's ever heard about you, what story would it be? Because you're, he's going to say it. Do you have any idea? I know the one he's probably thinking of. What? When I was three years old. This was before I was born. This goes back to 19, in the early 1950s. Mom and dad had just had a purchase a ranch, a dairy, just east of Highway 99, right along the Stanislaus River, yeah. right in between the river and Modesto Christian. There's some open land there. My There was a dairy back there that my mom and dad started a dairy back there. We had an aunt, our Aunt Angie, who was a college student at the time at University of Pacific. At that time, it was called COP. And my brother decided that he wanted to go see his favorite aunt, Angie, at COP. So he gets on the dirt road, goes along the river, coming back to Highway 99 on his tricycle. This is probably when my brother was three years old, four years old. And he takes it all the way out to Highway 99, gets on the bridge there no. uh, on the Stanislaus River, right right there at Ripon, and uh, decides that he wants to head to COP. Needless to say, he didn't get much further than that. CHP uh, saved my brother oh. and my parents at the time. Oh, Everybody my. was pretty scared of what he was trying to do. But, you know, he wanted to go see his aunt on his tricycle. So he was heading to uh, Stockton, California. Your parents would have went to jail if that was nowadays, wouldn't it? Oh, they, my goodness. My mom lost me for four hours. Oh. And I think I took five years off her life. Back then, she thought I was in a ditch somewhere. I'd actually crossed the Stanislaw River Bridge on my tricycle, heading north. I knew enough to head north on 99, and uh, I, I finally got tired after I crossed the bridge, dis ditched the trike, and I was walking along, and that's when I was picked up by uh, CHP. I, I, was a, I, was a lucky, I was lucky I survived that day. Oh. And, and, and to tell you about how life is cyclical, uh, you lost your kid too? No, I worked for them. No, I, I worked. No, I, uh, the Modesto B must have had a slow news day because that the story of my little adventure ran on page A1 of the Modesto B the next day. And then I ended up working there for 40 years. You know what? If today, if that happened, that might make the front page. Kid it might. drives his trike from MC to makes it to Ripon. Yeah. It'd be front page, that'd be front page news today, I'm sure. I know. Uh, it, it, it might. You know, the, a, a great one of the great first uh, stars of black and white TV was a, a, a pianist by the name of Liberace. Yes. And he had the great candelabra. Yes. Very, very celebrated guy. And um, at the police at the police department where they were holding me, keeping me there until my folks picked me up, they they wanted to take a picture, and I said, and they said, smile, and I said, smile like Liberace, and that was my first quote in the Modesto B. <laughs> and so this story, this story's getting a little weirder. This, uh, uh, you know, I 
it's kind of tough to live your life going downhill since age three, but I haven't been able to top that story. My mom is still alive, but uh, she's 93. Uh, she's bedridden now. She's hanging tough. But I, I always felt bad for mom because uh, she didn't do anything wrong. She she just had a rambunctious little boy. You know, Ken Summer took off from uh, his mom, from uh, Sandy Costa. Kenny did? Wow. Almost the same story. Well, it's a very similar story. You'll have to go listen to the Ken Summers podcast. I'll have to. The Manteca podcast. Tell me about a talent that he has that someone might not know. I'm sure not many people are aware of this. Uh, uh, I'm almost positive. My brother can sing. He sang in choirs. Accomplishment in this family because nobody else in our family can carry a note. I've won Grammys in the shower, but... Uh, that's it. That's far as I go. I can't hold a note at all. But uh, Ron uh, definitely uh, can sing. But he doesn't let people know that too often. I don't even know if anybody knows. So this might be something just getting out of the basket right here. Shh, Jim, don't tell anybody. I, I promise your secret is safe with me. The voice, huh? I sang sometimes uh, to lead uh, at mass as a lector. Well, then I, why I, wouldn't he think anybody knew you could sing? I don't, I don't know. think Jim was it's putting that part. It's been a long time ago. That's it. Oh, I, I I sang yeah. in choir, barbershop quartet, small group ensemble. We really? we traveled up and down the valley. We oh, sang a no, lot. You're a vocalist. Uh, uh, but I haven't had a chance to do much of that lately. Every once in a while, when I'm in, in my car on a long trip, I'll break out a little Sinatra, have a little fun. Tell Ron something you never told him. Well, I can just say this, mm -hmm. Aaron. As a young boy. I idolized my brother. I followed him everywhere. He's the best big brother I could ever ask for. He went to all my, I can just, you know, there's a, again, there's a, an age difference between my brother and I. And so he was, not only was he my big brother, but, you know, he, he made sure I was uh, okay. He uh, went to all my youth sports growing up here in Manteca, parks and rec games, little league, flag football games, basketball games as a youth, you know, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, all of my football games. I just idolized him, and he he held me accountable with everything I was doing on, on the athletic field. Um, holding me accountable with, you know, just being honest, my honesty, making sure my uh, my sportsmanship was right. To this day, I feel the exact same way. I mean, and we're in our adult, uh, older years here, and I still idolize my brother. He is somebody that uh, I, if I could be half of what he is, I would be I would be okay. I would uh, I would be all right. One of the last things I can tell you, and and one of the always one of the prouder things I get to say you know over the years I've you know whether you're at social events in the community athletic events uh, just being uh, being introduced to new people you know you say your name you're introducing yourself who you are and I get the I get a look from people to this day and they'll go Augustine what's it Augustine where have I heard that and then they then it clicks and they go are you that writer most little brothers would be extremely tired of that question. I can just tell you this. I'm honored when I'm when people ask me that, and I'm honored when I get to say, no, I am not the writer. I'm his younger brother, but I'm so proud when I get to say that, that no, that's my brother, and he's done a, a heck of a job in his life, his profession, his career. Just honored and love him for the brother that he is. Thank you, Aaron. Thank you. 
Pretty kind words. Brings back a lot of memories, too. Early in my years at the B, I'd covered a lot, a lot of football games at Cal and Stanford. And at Stanford, uh, Jim loved to go to Stanford. And I, uh, we'd give him a pass, and he, he'd spend the afternoon on the sideline. And uh, after the game was over, while I was filing my story in the press box, I could remember it getting dark, and he would be kicking on the field. And by the, right before I would file my story, I could still hear the thump of his foot hitting the ball. And that, that's a great memory. He was quite a, quite a kicker in high school. And, uh, uh, but a lot of that, he, he worked really hard practice. He got everything out of his ability. I mean, he pulled everything he had. He was not a big guy, and yet he played football, basketball, baseball. He did a heck of a job. He, he, and to this day, he does it the right way. In 15 years as head coach at East Union, I think he's had three technical fouls. Wow. And I go, you're not coaching hard enough, man. How many would you have had? Oh, I would have had one a night. <laughs> I'd have one a night. I've done the, 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 I've, I've done the public address announcing for East Union girls mm-hmm. basketball mm-hmm. for 16 years mm-hmm. and for the boys the last four. Mm-hmm. But Jim is one of the... His deportment on the sideline is just ideal, and he coaches those girls up, and they're, they've been very successful. I'm very proud of him, so it's kind of mutual. If you ever need a handyman, you know the Keener name in town, mm, sure, the Keeners. Sure. Well, James Keener, his sons have started a business with a uh, contractor that I went to school with, uh, Herm Gomez, and Kelly Iorio runs the, the shop. It's a great Manteca business. It's about handymen, putting trust back in handymen um, you know, because Craigslist and all of this has come around and charlatans want to come out and do less than, well, anyway, they are putting trust back in the handyman business. Got an odd job? Got a honey-do list. How can the trusted sons help you? Ceiling fan installed? Swapped out or removed? Do a wall patch? Replace tile? Any spectrum within your home construction space is perfect work for the trusted sons, the master technicians. Our veterans learn skill sets in the military and come home able to operate outside of the military structure. Yep, trusted sons are a transitional employment platform for veterans coming home from the service. Veterans look at trusted sons as an opportunity. Customers look at trusted sons based on trust, kitchen, bath restoration or conversion, commercial, residential work, no job is too small. Property managers, utilize us for doorknobs, wall patches, anything under a roof. One call does it all. 209-269-2727. There is one podcast about Manteca's greatest. And if you hear me, you're listening to the Man About Town podcast brought to you by Trusted Sons. America's Handyman Company at 209-269-2727. Trusted Sons is locally owned and operated by Manteca graduates. Manteca, if you have something you need done and have been putting it off, it's time to call a handyman. Make it the Trusted Sons. 209-269-2727. Did you have a, a favorite teacher when you were in high school? One of my favorites was Vern Gebhardt. He wasn't a whole lot older than us. He just graduated from UOP. And he was, uh, uh, he came to East Union when I was a senior. I'm Vern Gephardt, San Joaquin hey, County Office of Education board member and San Joaquin County Teachers College board member. Ron Augustini is uh, and has been a close friend of my family, Sharon and mine, for years. And I first met Ron when I became a teacher at East Union High School. 
Back in 1968, Ron was very popular in school, and he spent a lot of time involved with the athletic programs. Uh, he was a member of the golf team and an outstanding player at that time, actually for golf, uh, in golf. I'm born in 1968. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> Jim's not I, the only one going to poke you. I'm, 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 I'm being don't, dated big time. Don't man. poke the bear. What is true about Ron? Ron is the kind of guy that when you meet him, you feel comfortable right away. He's got a smile, makes you feel like he's known you for years. And I think anybody that has ever met Ron will attest the fact that he's just an outstanding young man. I'll take the young. I was just going to say, are we still talking about? I'll, I'll take the young man, that's for sure. What's he got you by? Four years only? Oh, yeah. <laughs> four? Yeah, if, in four, fact, five. You think it's such a big thing when no, you're, and it ends up not being he, a spread. He, he was one of the cool teachers. He and his wife, Sharon, uh, we, we love them. Go on, Coach. Great personal memory. Really, Aaron, there are no personal, great personal memories of, of Ron and I. They were all great not one, but they were all great memories because he and his family were so close to my wife, Sharon, and, and, and myself. We became friends with the family from the very beginning of my career and stayed that way with Augie, Addie, Jimmy, Maureen, and Ronnie during my entire career and up till today. As far as a personal memory, Ron was just a great guy and I always uh, loved him like a, uh, another son. You know, he's a familiar voice on the podcast. Everybody wants me to talk to Vern about them. Well, that makes sense because Vern has circles of the friends. The feelers are everywhere. Everywhere. Right. School board, uh, Sierra High, uh, his roots at, at EU. Uh, I, I can remember after game parties when Vern and I would end up singing uh, uh, Hello, Mary Lou by Rick Nelson. I'm glad you picked Let It Be instead of that yeah. one. I would have had more trouble maybe with the Rick Nelson song. You would have had more trouble with, <laughs> yeah. with Hello, Mary Lou. But uh, Vernon Ron, and I have sung that. Why is he a treasure? Ron, a treasure to Manteca. Yep. Well, Ron, throughout his career as a sports writer, never forgot about Manteca. A lot of people go on in their careers and they, and they kind of forget about their hometown. Well, Ronnie never did. As a uh, sports writer for the Modesto Bee, he would continue to write stories about sports here in Manteca, which was kind of unheard of. But because Ron had his roots here in Manteca, he always kept Manteca in the newspaper as long as he could until finally there were so many schools to cover down in the in the Modesto area that it was almost impossible for him to do that. But every once in a while, you'd still catch an article about a Manteca athletic program. I always respected Ron for never forgetting his roots yeah, that's the reason they put me in the hall of fame i think because once mm -hmm. i made it to cat country that i kept highlighting the town or at least kept coming there to broadcast when you don't really have to you bet you don't have to you i did because i was playing favorites you're a mantega guy it's just what it is it is what it is you are a mantega man continue coach aaron when i first came to mantega i was young but 23 years old. Yeah, I heard that. By the time I was 26 years old, I finally was given the head football job at East Junior High School. Mm -hmm. And the funny story is that Ronnie, when he found out I became the head football coach, he wrote a, a story in the bulletin at that time that said, Vern Gabbard becomes head football coach. He looks more like a surfer in the Beach Boys <laughs> than he does a football coach. And I always laughed about that. That was quite a quite a story that he wrote but the fact that he thought that i look more like a, a long-haired 
and my hair was bleached at the time because I was working at the recreation department in the summer, all summer long I as a that. lifeguard. I yeah, he was right. I did look like a surfer instead of a football coach. You know, and I didn't. I had never figured out because I never come into contact with Vern because I did. I went to MHS and that wasn't it. He was the guy at the pool. Yes, he, he was, was a, at the community pool. That he, was he that's was a lifeguard. Had yeah. the white stuff on, and that was in the day you wore the white on your nose, man. He spent his summers so, as a love as a lifeguard. So seventies, yes. Final thought. Tell him something you never told him. Ron, I can only tell you this, that I am very, very proud of the way you have developed throughout the years. The ability that you had while being a sports writer for both the Manteca Bulletin and the Modesto Bee. And the amount of time that you now spend still at your alma mater, Eastern High School, announcing ball games. And in fact, I enjoyed this year having the opportunity to go to a basketball game that Jimmy coached for you, your brother Jimmy coached, and listen to you on that uh, mic. You did an outstanding job, and uh, you've always been very, very good at what you do, Ron. Again, very proud of you and love you like a son. Thanks, Coach. Oh, Vern is the best. And he's a big part of, of my development. I looked up to Vern. He was he and Sharon were like the model couple. I go, boy, that's what I want to be. You know, admired man like he's Vern. Still a stud. Yeah, I mean, he played football at Pacific. What what was not to like about that? You know, he was he was a great guy. Still is to this day. And the things he has accomplished in town are are to be admired. Hey, tell me this, Ron. How much would someone have to pay you to eat a live spider? I am speechless. <laughs> I didn't say how big of a spider, just a live spider. A live spider. I mean, you know, a little tiny spider. I might munch one for good, not so much money. I don't no, know. No money amount? I don't know about that. <laughs> Newspaper, Manteca Bulletin, and Modesto B, you are synonymous with that newspaper when it was great. That was a small city at one time, over 650 employees at the Modesto B. And just a only, skeleton. Only 17 years ago. Wonderful days. I was hired by a Manteca guy. Daryl Phillips was the sports editor oh, yeah. at, at the B at that time. I was his last hire at the B. My name is Brian Clark. I'm the former editor at the Modesto B. I worked with Ron there uh, for over 30 years and first met him in 1987 uh, when I was sports editor at the Turlock Journal. Who's this guy? That's Brian Clark. Hi, Brian. Brian and I. Go back forever. <laughs> What's true about him? In addition to being one of the great human beings of all time, great dedication and ownership to all he did uh, when he was at the B and, and to cover the beats that he did. Ron owned everything on his beat and and just was so thorough and was just so great at telling stories. You know, whether it was Modesto Junior College Sports, the Stanislaus State, uh, the golf beat, anything, high school wrestling. You know, you knew that if the story broke, Ron had it. Uh, he would own it. He would see it through. And, you know, you saw that when he was a columnist. You saw that in his great feature stories, whether he was going back to Kentucky to write about Chuck Hayes or going to the Super Bowl in New Orleans to write about Colin Kaepernick, keeping tabs of his family. Uh, the Oakdale Rodeo, the National Finals Rodeo, the National Finals Rodeo in Las Vegas is a grueling eight, ten-day um, uh, event. Ron was there every single day. The Oakdale Rodeo on Sundays, you know, one of the favorite things that, that any golf fan uh, does is, is watch the final round of the Masters on Sunday. And that always coincided with the final day of the Oakdale Rodeo. And, you know, Ron, uh, the Oakdale Rodeo was his. 
Uh, I'm sure there were many times where he'd want to be in front of his TV set to watch the Masters, uh, but he was there uh, in Oakdale covering that final day. Just a true, uh, true uh, dedication, um, ownership in all that he does, uh, you know, closing the press box at Cal or Candlestick Park after Cal games or, or 49er games, uh, the MJC basketball tournament uh, covering, uh, you know, you know, 20, 30 games uh, over the course of, of five days. Um, when you gave something to Ron, uh, he owned it um, and just a great dedication. You can just tell you've had an effect on folks by the way they talk. A great personal memory that I have, that I have with Ron is, um, you know, it's probably, you know, we've played golf together. We've, we've had lots of discussions. Um, one memory, I, I guess overall, just the great conversations we've had. Um, you know, when my phone rings and, and I see Ron's name pop, pop up, um, I'm always glad to see it. And, you know, at the last month, I think he called um, and uh, I was walking my dog. And mm-hmm. what started out was going to be probably a quick conversation. I think he needed an answer on something. It turned out, you know, an hour and 15 minutes. And, and we talked about what we always talk about, sports and family and politics and pop culture and the newspaper industry. Um, I, I just really enjoy my conversations uh, with Ron. I love talking to him. I probably go on too much. Um, but we, we've just had some great conversations over the years, whether over the phone, in person, out on the golf course. Uh, the, those are my favorite memories. Now, don't Ron. stop. Don't stop. You know, nobody knows Antica Sports probably better than Ron. Um, and he was always there to champion uh, – um, Antica, especially the Modesto B, you know, as, right. as newspapers started down, as we started downsizing, uh, you know, we used to cover going to Tracy and Manteca, uh, up to Sonora. And anyway, San Joaquin County, as we got smaller, we started moving away from San Joaquin County. Uh, you know, first it was, we were no longer covering Tracy High. Then, you know, then we stopped kind of covering the Manteca schools unless, um, they were playing Central Catholic or Oakdale and Valley Oak League contests. But Ron was always there uh, selling Manteca to us, reminding me that we still have readers there and, and, and um, you know, gently uh, nudging me on story ideas about Manteca. And he's also a Lancer through and through. And, and we've had some funny conversations as, as you know, ath- athletes, you know, maybe living in the East Union area uh, are, are going to other schools. And he would he would uh, kind of laugh and, and sh- you know, a little bit of frustration there. But um, he, he's a true Lancer. Uh, you get into conversations about the other high schools with him and, and we'd had some some really good laughs. He's got a voice. He's got a pretty good set of pipes there for being a newspaper telephone voice, huh? Always working the phone, baby. Yeah. Hey, coach, can I talk to coach? That's I've heard that so many times. <laughs> I, I met Brian when he was a sports editor at the Turlock Journal. Then mm-hmm. he came to the B. He became the sports editor. So I was working for him. Then he became the executive editor. Oh, he's sharp. Uh, he is really sharp, and he has guided the bee through some very difficult years. Is he still there? No, he just okay. stepped down uh, within the year. He's done a phenomenal job during a very hard time. A lot of thankless work that he's done, just keeping keeping the bee going. It's primarily a, a digital you know, enterprise now, sure. but, uh, no, Brian, Brian is a professional at, at, at his work. I have great respect for him. I trust him then for a funny story. So funny story about Ron, you know, I, 
the, the newspaper industry has undergone a lot of digital change yeah. over the years that, that I've been there, that Ron was there. You know, while Ron has perfected and, and was a pretty quick adopter to doing video, the technology part of it wasn't, you know, all easy for Ron. And uh, you would have to ask him about this. Um, when we went to emails, we, we, we all of a sudden got PCs, and this was back in the 90s, um, <laughs> you know, we went to email. Yeah. And, you know, so I would get emails from Ron, and, and or I would send him emails. And, <laughs> and, and after a, you know, about a month, I noticed that that he wasn't he wasn't originating emails himself, <laughs> typing in bclarkandmodby.com. He was just responding and replying to past emails. I think it was sometime in February uh, that he was asking me about state wrestling coverage. Uh, and I looked at the email that he'd sent me with a question, and it was in response to a question that he maybe had about East Union football in November. And I'm thinking – does Ron really know how to originate an email or does he just find an old email and reply and, and do it that way? And, and, and I, I confirmed this with another staff member. You'll have to pin Ron on this. Uh, but uh, while, while he was, he was, he was fairly solid in in his move to the digital thing, the email stuff uh, always made us laugh. He must've never heard fake it till you make it. Oh, I was winging it for a while, man. I didn't know. But I caught on. Uh, you know, you, you have to be a chameleon. Uh, you have to be. I mean, my entire time at the B, we, you had to change. I started with a royal typewriter and yeah, right. triple copying stuff with carbon paper, and then I would take this thing. It's called a teleram. It weighed. 30 pounds and i would drag that up the steps at stanford set it up it had a tiny little screen i would punch in the stories the memories would the the it, it would you would the memory would be on a a, a video a, a cartridge and i would send that by block back to the b and then we got we went into just this gradual uh changes over oh. the years uh, and they uh, really got ugly in the last 15. Oh, it, it, but, but then finally, it, it, to the end, uh, we were just pressing a button yeah. and being able to send uh, yeah, from anywhere. There, we went through a period of the time, Aaron, where we had to find a phone that was compatible. I used to have to do audio with, uh, the those, same way. You yeah, know, the, with a Radio Shack. Absolutely, laptops. alligator clips. You, yes, you needed those. Yeah. Or you plugged them actually into the phone, right. the head. The heads of the phone, mm -hmm. and modem. if if a loud truck went by, it'd blow up your transmission. <laughs> but I went through just constant change. A little slow on the email. I'll I'll cop to that, Brian. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, you had to you had to keep moving. It's some funny stuff. A lot of changes in the business. So what's a Ron talent that you may not be aware of? Um, I don't know if this was a talent, but Ron is an expert on current events and pop culture. Um, and he was, um, I, I guess for lack of a better word, he was an expert on the O.J. Simpson trial. And I can remember we had long discussions in the office uh, each day uh, during the trial. You know, I would come in at about 2.30 or 3 and, and get a rundown from the sports editor what he wanted in the section. And then the writers and columnists and Ron would, they would come in, start their shift about 4 or 4.30. Well, I would look over to Ron once he came in. He put his stuff down, logged in, and I'd give him about five minutes, and I'd kind of walk <laughs> over there and 
boy, we started talking about the OJ trial and we just had long discussions about it. And, and there were a few times where he, he was just holding court uh, as we were breaking down testimony and, and stuff. So I, I always got a, a big kick. And, and, uh, but on any you know, pop culture stuff, um, and current news events, uh, you know, Ron keeps in touch with all that and it can be an expert in anything. So I couldn't pull away from the OJ trial. Who uh, could? Uh, it was, it, it was like catnip. You, you needed to, to be updated every day. And I, I just admired, uh, the attorneys in the trial. Lance Ito was a piece of work as the judge. I mean, th- those were real personalities, and and we got to know them for what a year and a half or what, how, however long it went. And folks like you made them yeah. personalities locally. Well, we talked about it. Johnny Cochran was just brilliant. I mean, you want someone to defend you? Uh, he would. He would have been the man for sure. I, th- I I also thought OJ got railroaded in Vegas. He really did. That was like a a makeup. <laughs> But that's the way it works. Sometimes that's the way Mike it works. Tyson went to jail because Clarence Thomas didn't, if you remember well, that. In those I think days, there's something to be said for that. It was a very, yep. uh, someone's going to fry someone's, for something. Someone's we gonna just fry. let someone go. Someone's yeah. got to. So what wasn't I asked about, Ron? Well, yeah. probably his greatest day or the greatest day I felt in his journalism career, and he, he may not agree with this, but um, was in uh, a day in 2002. It just illustrated his ability to pivot, his dedication, um, his way with words, his reporting. Just a little background. Chandra Levy was a young woman from Modesto. Uh, We hired her as an agate clerk. um, uh, And then she went on to become an intern for a congressperson in Washington, D.C. Tragically, she she went missing. Um, It was later found out that she was a victim. Uh, She was a victim of a homicide. Um, And in 2002, they had a memorial service uh, for Chandra. This is about a year after she went missing. They had a memorial service for her in Modesto. And my boss, Mark Maché, came to me and said, hey, do you know anyone who, who could cover this um, from a columnist aspect to, to, to capture the sights and the sounds and, and, and from inside the memorial service? And I immediately thought, Ron, uh, you know, he was great at these things. Uh, he had... Um, uh, he was very empathetic in his writing. Uh, he could capture a scene um, and, and a difficult scene. Um, the only problem was Ron was ensconced in coverage of the Sacramento Kings playoff run. They were in the middle of a playoff series. I can't remember who they were playing. And Ron had a game that night at Arco Arena. You know, Ron knows this. I used to ask a lot of my reporters and, and, and certainly of Ron and ask for little favors. And Chandra's service was at uh, 1 o'clock um, or, or noon, sometime around there. Um, and, I, you know, I said, well, Ron's got to cover this game. We need him at the game. But, boy, this would be great if he could do this. And I wonder if he could do both. And and I called Ron and and – I mean, it was within a couple of minutes uh, that he said, sure, he could do it. Um, And so Ron went and covered the service uh, in the afternoon, got back to the office, uh, wrote out a column. It took him a couple hours to write a column, a very sensitive and and difficult column to write because Chandra was a friend to all of us. And and, uh, he wrote the column. uh, It went on A1 that day. 
uh, made me happy, made Mark Vashay happy that he did it. Um, it. He finished at about 3.30 or 4, got in his car, drove up to Arkville Arena. Wow. You can imagine the atmosphere in this you know, sad uh, memorial service in the, in the afternoon, and all of a sudden in a, in a sold-out Arco Arena right. uh, covering basketball. Uh, he covered the Kings game that night. I think it may have been a game six. I can't remember. Uh, wrote a column, made deadline, and and uh, that's just um, uh, when I think of the great feats in journalism, I always think of that and, and Ron's ability to to do that and to do to write two great columns. What do you remember about that day? It was the best day I've ever had. I was fortunate enough to do a lot of cool things in my career, a lot of World Series, Masters golf tournaments, Final Fours, World Cups, all that stuff. But that day stands out. Um, Joe, we had a great editor at the B at the time by the name of Joe Demma and he and Brian got together and, uh, they, they decided, uh, you know, they, they wanted me to do the memorial service for Chandra. He was a, we loved her at the B. She was a clerk with us. I don't know if you remember the story, Aaron, about her. I do. It's, it was, it was just awful. And, and we went out, uh, well, and then the, she compound issues. She was having an affair with Condit. Oh, that it, just it, threw the whole, it just, that just made the whole thing. It was just, and he ended up not being any part of it. And we, nobody yeah, thought that in the beginning. Yeah. And it just was such a, yeah, it was an awful, bad way to an go. Awful thing. I mean, we would go out on Friday nights, mm-hmm. the 30 of us after getting the high school football done. And we'd be drinking together at some bar that stayed open for us. And Chandra was the life of the party. She was great. Jeez. And losing her is still one of the most heartbreaking things that I've ever, I've ever went through at the B. But they wanted me to do the, the memorial column that was at Center Plaza that day. But the Kings are in game five of a Western Conference final Gosh, against the Lakers. It? The greatest series the Kings have ever been involved in to this day. And I said, I'll do both. And I went to this memorial service, banged out the column, jumped on my car, got in. It was actually refreshing to walk into Arco halfway through the first quarter. And it, it picked me up because the crowd, of course, at Arco was just a madhouse against the Lakers. And uh, Mike Bibby hit a shot at the end to win that game for the Kings. And um, if you recall, the Kings took a 3-2 lead in that series. They were on the verge of taking out the Lakers. They were still the best team in that series. A lot of controversy in that. The, the Kings lost the final two and, and dropped that series. But um, that day was as, as good as I could have done it to be, to, 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 to do two columns, two emotional columns. It was a good day. It was the best. Who's next? Hi, my name is Joe Cortez. I'm the former sports editor at the Modesto B Daily Newspaper. And I worked with Ron and competed against Ron in newspapers for more than 30 years. Got a hell of a voice on that guy, too. What Joe, a- Joe has some pipes. Ron is one of the most genuinely nice people I've ever met in my life. Now, a lot of people can say that about a lot of different people. But sometimes it's just hyperbole. A nice person. and You kind of say, ah, one of the nicest people I've ever met. Ron is one of the nicest people I have ever met. No bull. And I think a lot of people would say the same thing. Who is this guy? Joe Cortez is a media guy from deep in his bones. He's, he's a Merced guy. He was an athlete there. Okay. He's tall. He's a, he's a big guy and a big-hearted guy. 
and uh, he's married to Patty Guerra, who's a editor at the B right now. Okay. Hanging in there. She's okay. one of the survivors at the B, doing great work in tough times. But uh, I've known Joe forever. He was uh, 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 working the desk at the B for a long time. After he worked at the Sun Star, Merced Sun Star, and uh, um, I've known Joe forever. We work side by side, and uh, uh, we're still together. Go on, Joe. When I was working at the Merced Sunstar covering high school sports, uh, Ron and I ran into each other at a, at a press box, in a press box for a football game. It was at Atwater High School, and I thought I was ready. I had, I had printed off some rosters at the office and had sure. a pen and paper and was ready to go. Absolutely. And then I looked over and I saw Ron. Yeah. And he had a reporter's notebook. That's the skinny kind that can fit in your back pocket. <laughs> he had a legal notepad, yeah. a clipboard, mm-hmm. four sharpened pencils, a sharpener, an eraser, <laughs> multicolored pens, a stat sheet, binoculars, something to drink. <laughs> and I realized that I was up against... A veteran. I was a cub. Ron was a veteran, and he had been through the wars. And I could learn something through this uh, from this man. He was incredibly prepared and incredibly thorough. And as we charted the game, a running back might dart for a five or six yard game. I might put five. Ron might put six. He would consult with me. What did you have? Not that it's all that technical anyway, because the the official stats will come from the coach the next week. And if we were off by a yard or two, nobody was going to say anything about it. Nevertheless, Ron wanted to be thorough. He wanted our, our tallies to be in step so that the readers of the Merced Sunstar and the readers of the Merced B, uh, the, the, the Modesto B, and other readers would get the most accurate depiction possible that's like keeping score at high school level you check with the other people make sure your book is right right one of the hardest things to do as a journalist is to cover a football or a basketball game on deadline on a friday night while it's happening while it's happening putting that thing together you're you're working on your own notes your own stats and then you're asked to make sense of it you know in about a half an hour that's a good that's a good test for any journalist no, he 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 was pretty good. He's he's shortchanging himself. He, you're, he, uh, he, I know you're younger than him. He's gone, bless his soul. Bob Moore. You remember Bob, Bob. Moore, the Moore on sports. You know, I worked with him. Talking about a at, great at, set of pipes. At, that the, was Bob at the KESP, oh, yeah. ESPN 970. And yeah. I never saw you with Pat Kelly at the golfing thing either, but I know you're a golfer. Did you ever go in there and do that show with him? Oh, yes. Off of Cummins? Oh, yes. Maybe I saw you there. Because yeah, that's where Cat Country was, and that's yes, where I worked for him. I, yeah. I know Pat forever. Sure. Yeah, I knew Bob show. forever. Well, Bob, his typewriter was still in the radio uh, station. I think they kept he it. He loved doing radio. He was, he was so good. Uh, he'd come uh, in there and all these computers and he'd try to bring that typewriter and people are just like, you know, he, everybody was cordial there towards the end. He'd come and go and do his thing. He still just, wanted to be a part of it though. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Bob was the best. Absolutely. We, 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 we missed uh, people like Bob. Yep. Go ahead. Why is Ron Agostini a treasure to Manteca? Ron is a treasure to Manteca and Modesto, where he worked for four decades, because he cares about community. And I think that's most evident when you're talking with Ron one-on-one. You know, Ron belongs to a lot of service organizations. He does a lot of volunteer uh, work. 
But when you're talking to Ron, you really feel like somebody is engaged with you and listening to you. I think a lot of times people, and I'm even guilty of this, you're really not listening to someone. You're sort of waiting for the lull in the conversation so you can jump back in and begin talking again and make your point. That's not the case with Ron. You always feel like Ron's listening. Ron cares. And he makes you feel important immediately. Would you say that's a true statement from him? Yes, I would. And and, and here's the reason. It's there, There's a professional reason for that. You have to be listening to a person in uh, to achieve the... The essence of the the subject you're talking to, you have to respond to what they're saying. Yeah. You know, so many so many people in our business have the next question already dialed up, ready to go, and they're not really listening. Right, you got to listen. I know. I'm trying my best. You you listen, and then you respond to that uh, to whatever he or she is saying, and that's the way you you uh, you, you get a genuine interview and sure. the and and the the most sincere thoughts from the person. Oh, that uh, Joe touched on something there. Is there a great memory at the Modesto B you have with him? Well, Ron's an avid golfer, and for years at the Modesto B, he was the golf beat writer and he would cover the masters in augusta georgia for the paper and he always wanted to play in the reporters round but there are a lot of reporters there so they do it by lottery finally one year ron hit the lottery and was able to play augusta national and he was having a pretty good round and he i i forget the hole now but it, it was on amen corner i think 15 he gets to 15 somewhere on amen corner and he hits a nice drive and he's going to lay, he lays up, he wants to lay up in front of the famous creek and he tells his caddy, because they got to use the caddies with the white overalls, he tells his caddy, give me the iron, I'm going to lay up. And Ron looks around and the caddy has produced a three wood. Ron says, no, 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 I want the iron, I'm going to lay up. Without saying a word, the caddy just thrusts the three wood toward Ron and Ron gives him kind of an, like, you know, he gives him a look like, what's the deal? And the caddy says, son, when are you ever gonna play augusta national again in your life and ron thought about it for a second good point give me the three wood i'm going for the pin uh, how'd you shoot it i went i he he took off the club cover and he says he was putting it in my hand he says son how many times you're gonna play here and i go okay i, I hit a great shot I, it was 199 to carry and 223 to the hole and I hit a pretty darn good shot. It almost hit the flagstick. He's a son, like yeah. he's Foghorn oh, Lake. Yeah. Was he black man? No, he was not. He was son. A, he was a he was a big University of Georgia fan. We talked Georgia Bulldogs though for four hours. Wow! But he he, I, I hit a he put that wood in my hand. And back then we were, this was 1990, Aaron. Sure, we're we're, we're still hitting persimmon uh, persimmon clubs. <laughs> he puts the persimmon four wood in my hand. and says, hey. You're going for it today. And I was thinking about it. You know, I, I I just wiped a five iron into Ray's Creek at 12 by being aggressive. So I I said, oh, what the heck? Let's go. Let's do it again. And this time I hit a great shot. I, it almost hit the flagstick. It just went long about 10 feet over the green. And I uh, flopped a chip up there and two-putted for a five. And I heard the cheers in my mind. <sighs> I, yes, indeed. Here, let, me, let me have the audience. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, keep going, you guys. Yeah, well, see there, that's the kind of crowd you had right there. Yeah. 
that was a great that was a that was a, one of the best one of the better perks you can have as a as a reporter i feel unmanned to have this golf conversation because you just dropped three names in there first he went with amen corner then you say persimmon clubs and then Ray's creek like this stuff sit down at manteca golf <laughs> Like I, you know, you're that guy. It's Augusta National, baby. <laughs> That's a Amen Corner, uh, and and this is Augusta Week. Joe, does he have a talent? I'll tell you a talent he doesn't have. Yeah, I can do that better. Ron is not tech savvy at all. No? He is a 20th century man through and through. Typewriter ribbons, glue pots, uh, pen and paper. That's Ron. Uh, phone booths. Those are where Ron's most comfortable. Uh, filing a story he would be out in the field often and he would he would call in in in, in just abject terror I, I i hit a key and now all the text on my screen is light blue what do i do you know ron had accidentally double clicked the mouse and selected all the text you know a command a or a control a and we would say ron easy does it just click Anywhere. Not the blue. Anywhere? I'm not going to lose this story? No, no Ron. Just click anywhere. We're you'll be fine. Blue. And this was not just a one-time thing. This was like a monthly occurrence. <laughs> that is so true. Well, there's no reason that that there's, shouldn't be true. Uh, it, it came on as like a, like a storm. Joe held my hand a number of times. I'm two minutes away from filing. I'm almost done, and the story, the screen goes blank, and I think I've blown up the story. Control you, Z. You know what sheer terror undo is. Undo is your friend. Control Z, baby. Control Z. I'm, undo I'm, is yeah. your friend, Val. Yeah. And uh, Joe, help me. But you learned that. You know a lot more than you used to. You um, know that. Control I, A, Control C, Control V, Control Z. You yes, know them all. All that Those stuff. are the big ones. Uh, he ducks into phone booths because he changes out of his Clark Kent <laughs> to his Superman stuff, Joe. That's why. Who's next here on this uh, podcast that I call The Man About Town? Hi, my name is Steve DeBrum, oh, former council mayor. member for the city of Manteca. Okay. And it's mayor for four years yep. from 2014 to 18. Currently, I serve as the president of Second Harvest of the Greater Valley Board. And I'm also on the leadership team of the Manteca Children's Foundation and the golf tournament. What do you know to be true about Ron? Well, Ron is a husband, hmm? a father. Yep a son, a writer, and an all-around great guy. All trues. That's who he is. Uh, Steve is um, one of the great men in Manteca. For I sure. just uh, had him on last week's podcast. Yeah, yeah, he was not, last week's guest. Yeah, Steve is the best. What's true? You know, when you're involved in projects and you're surrounded with great people in life, like Ron Augustini, it's difficult for things to go wrong. He is meticulous in everything he does, whether it's being a writer or working on specific projects, such as the Manteca Children's Foundation. It's often said as, while well, he was working on a particular project, worked tirelessly in overtime to ensure names were pronounced correctly. What more can I say about Ron? He's just a real good guy. Steve Dubrum's a pretty good guy, too. Steve is, Steve is the best. Have you heard him doing auctions? Yes. He's he, the best. He did a pitch on the on the show here. He, he's not doing, he, can, he ain't doing crap if you ain't paying him. No. Just so you know. Oh, I've 
Hey, he he's worked freebie for us a few That's times. That's not what I'm. He's what a I'm pro saying bono is, guy. I ain't running up on him and asking him to do something he gets paid for. I'm a microphone man. Uh, no, yeah, he's he, uh, did a, he did a little cadence for me, a little canter. Oh, he can do he can do a lot of that. Yeah. Uh, Why he, is Ron Augustini a treasure to Manteca? Simply because he dedicated to the community he loves. His involvement with the Children's Foundation and as a writer and as the opportunity that exists in anything and everything that he does. Steve, how about something funny for me here? Tell me a funny story about Ron. I really can't say that I knew a funny story, so I had to go do some digging. It's amazing what you might find on the internet. But back in 1990, while Ron was working for the Modesto Bee, he had the great opportunity to play in the media round at the Masters. Now, that (laughs) media round was played on a Monday afternoon. We've heard this story. We, we just have heard, heard this. We just heard this story, we just didn't heard we? It. It's the same story. Steve, I love you, but we're going to cut that one a little short, man. We're running out on time. I love your pipes. I wish I had some canter on you. Everything that he does, he's meticulous. As I say. Go on and tell me some more about him. Everything that he does, he's meticulous. Go ahead, son. <laughs> you don't need to tell me that story. Keep going. Everything that he does, he's meticulous. As I stated earlier, he loves God his family, his friends, his job, and everything that he does, he reaches out to go to that extra mile. You know, when there is a job that was required because something has happened or has not been able to be fulfilled, Braun does not hesitate and says, what can I do? What needs to be done in order to be, make a difference? He's just that man that knows that he's doing everything for the betterment of everyone involved. St. Anthony's, you just uh, oh, you yeah. give back. That's your way of giving back. Yeah. Knights of Columbus, too? Yes. Uh, 30 years ago, I decided I, I, went to, I'm, I, I made a, a decision about how my life was going. I was happily married, uh, doing fine. But I, I didn't want my whole legacy to be yellowed newspaper clippings in some morgue in a library or fading microfilm you know, somewhere. Another legion of service to start. I wanted to do something a little bit more. And my father sort of set the plan for me. He was a pretty good example. So I decided to do two things. I wanted to uh, tighten uh, my uh, connection with the church, which was important to me. And I, I, I wanted to do something else to help to be of service to others. And I was looking at different places things i could do in in the manteca area and i decided to get a little bit closer to to my old school east union high and i uh, uh that's when i decided to, to do some uh public address announcing for the basketball program mm-hmm. and among other things we have an alumni banner that's uh i organize grads to hold the alumni banner every friday night i still Got do it. that i've done that for about 13 14 years something now. to keep you busy yeah and then uh uh I, I never left the church. I just wanted to be get a little bit stronger. And uh, the Knights of Columbus was a perfect uh, vehicle for me. Rubbing and, elbows with Marion and Dino and, yes. and hanging out with all those guys. And hanging out with Marion Elliott. He, uh, I actually, I think I took Marion's place on the, the board of the Manteco Children's Foundation. Oh. So, uh, And now we're doing some really good things. For, for many years, it was children's charities in Manteca. And now we do high school scholarships. And we do this through the tournament that we host every June. 
that we're starting to get back into now post pandemic and we're raising uh, a lot of money for for uh, high school seniors now give me your final thoughts steve i guess like many others that i have spoken about and had the opportunity it certainly is a pleasure to work with ron because that you know that at the end of the day that ron is going to do everything that he possibly can in order to make the lives of those that he touches even better. I'm proud to know Ron. I love the guy because of just what his commitment is to the community, what his commitment has been to his industry. And for that, I appreciate it. Go get the phone. Go get the phone, Steve. Thank you. Steve DeBrum, everybody. Steve, um, um, what's what more can be said about Steve? You talk about service, serving Manteca. He's the one. He's the, he's the some of the great things that are happening in Manteca are, are there because of Steve. Yeah, I mean, a great wolf, it's his baby, and uh, boy, look at it now. I mean, every, you know, Manteca is a growing city. Can you believe how big Manteca is now? No, and I bet you can because I've again, I'm born in '68, so I only know East Union being there. Yeah, I'm mean, right. I don't know a life before or there was something. There was a school at where the Jack in the Box is, right? Um, at uh, the the town stopped at Louise, right? Yes. And then was there a school right there or something? Is there a community? Was there some kind of a grammar school or You're something t- there? Uh, summer home? Uh, maybe. Yeah, I maybe. think. So. Was that library or was that? <sighs> something by the library no. too they were they, these guys have been bringing all this up and i sort of try to mentalize it I so mean, i just might be re- re- redoing it wrong it, i mean it's hard to believe that manteca unified runs five high schools now right that's that, crazy that is crazy that's crazy for for old timers like us right. that is crazy especially me i am a real old timer no oh, you're uh, doing good you look good too i try i try i i'm still trying to hit the golf ball it's still bothers me that i can't hit it the way i used to but i'm still trying to play at spring creek and you know, banging around a little bit, have fun with some old friends. But, uh, you know, life has been pretty good. Would you uh, like to ask a question of me? Is the M stand for Manteca High or it is does. that City I'm, of I, Manteca? I apologize. This it, is all Buffalo's. Hey. I, I'm sorry. The Green Machine's okay. I'm sorry. Great, great football program. Yeah, man. well. Hey, you tip the hat. Uh, it is Manteca. You, it does, you, just like the, it did have the city's name across the chest. Yeah, I know. I know. That's when, that fight when, versus when, East Union. Oh, that go, I know. Hey, but look, you got the name that's on the water tower. That's right. I, uh, when Lancers. when Coach Varnum brings up the water tower, I go, okay, we'll we'll let you go on that. They've one. all been doing that. <laughs> I know. Vic, Reese, <laughs> yeah. all of them. They've, that, they've been that, doing that ever since. That's the go-to card. That hey, is the go. It doesn't say Sierra Coach or East Winter Union on the water tower. <laughs> said that if you go out, it is it. Don't you disgrace Manteca because you got the city's name. So don't you screw around wearing that jersey. That's right. Sorry about that. It's okay. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. That's it. That's all. There's no more. Boy, that's... As fast as we got to it. That's a... a, a pretty fast walkthrough of your life. I hope. I hope uh, it's it a was, living it was eulogy. Wor- worth the time. It kind of is. It You're makes, still here. It though. makes me feel a little uncomfortable. You know, <laughs> that's uh, just me. No, but no, I'll tell you what. I've sure enjoyed your podcasts. Well, thank you. They've 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 been remarkable, it's especially some of the older dudes that I, that I know too well you're gonna be one of those older dudes oh, now. I, oh i'm already there you, you don't have to convince me but this has been a, a, a lot of fun it's nice to meet you no same here it is mutual Aaron. Thank continued you. success thank you